Good morning. Welcome to Earthmakers, spiritual care for real humans. My name is Josiah, and I am the grateful creator and host of this podcast. <laughs> I'm a New Yorker living in Minnesota. I'm a clinically trained chaplain and a spouse. I'm a recovering addict living with an eating disorder. I live with PTSD and other mental illnesses. Let's get started. Happy Pride Month 2020 to all of you. Now you may be a straight cisgender person who has some curiosity about what Pride Month is all about. And, well, we're going to talk a little bit about what pride means for spirituality today. So, starting off, when I was a kid and I was being raised in a conservative evangelical Christian community, I was taught, probably uh, to no one's surprise, that uh, all forms of sexual identity and expression that were not straight cisgender expressions were sinful a.k.a. were missing the mark, or in the original um, translation of the word sin from the Greek and the Hebrew, uh, sin represents a lack of something. So when I say I'm sinning, I'm saying I'm lacking. And so if you're if you have trouble with this word sin that's used largely by the uh, Abrahamic faiths, so Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, you might take comfort in the fact that it just means lack. However, to say that someone who is not straight, not cisgender, is lacking something is uh, a pretty divisive and uh, harmful statement we have discovered throughout our history. And when the word pride was used to describe the uh, LGBTQ plus experience, experience, um, my dad was the first one to teach us that pride was the heart or the seat of sin. And so it was obvious that LGBTQ plus folks were sinning because they worshipped pride. They even named their parades pride. They even named an entire month after their pride. This, of course, is missing the mark a little bit when it comes to understanding pride, right? So there's different kinds of pride. There's the pride that we feel when we um, are uh, being tricked by arrogance. Arrogance, I believe, is a spiritual malady that grows out of shame, which is a deeper spiritual malady. It's kind of like Um, There are people that will uh, get 
um, certain kinds of uh, diseases, like MS, for example, um, but will die from pneumonia because as their body starts to fail, their lungs aren't able to support them. And when they get a cold, the cold becomes pneumonia and it kills them. I've seen this happen a lot with people who have lived with multiple sclerosis. Shame is the MS. Arrogance is the pneumonia. Arrogance and confidence, of course, are not the same thing. Arrogance indicates that you actually don't believe that you're good enough. You actually believe that you're pretty much shit. Whether you were told that your whole life, you'll find that the most arrogant people that you know, the people that act like they're all that in a bag of potato chips, are actually deeply wounded, hurting people. <clears throat> deeply full, uh, ashamed of themselves, full to brimming with the insidious voice of shame. I believe that our current president is uh, a man full of shame who actually thinks, does not think very highly of himself <laughs> behind closed doors. At least I hope that because that means that there is hope for his healing. So when you see arrogant people in your life, maybe instead of hating them, take some pity on them. Because they are people who hate themselves, who are hurting, and who need to be loved and shown compassion. Even if it's tough love. But there's another kind of pride, and that is taking pride in someone else or something else. You can be proud of yourself for achieving a goal. Pride uh, defined in Merriam-Webster is a feeling or deep pleasure or satisfaction derived from one's own achievements the achievements of those with whom one is closely associated or from qualities or possessions that are widely admired. This is the first definition of pride. The first definition of pride is not arrogance. It is this feeling of pleasure or satisfaction derived from something you have achieved or something your loved one has achieved. When my dad or my mom says, I'm proud of you, what they're saying is, from the deepest wells of my being, I am filled with pleasure and satisfaction because of what you have done. That's a really cool thing to hear that, isn't it? That somebody's proud of you, proud of us. <clears throat> well, today I'm going to tell you a little bit about me 
and my relationship to gay pride. I am not a straight man. Uh, I'm not sure if I've been totally clear about that on Earthmakers. Um, I identify as queer. Um, it is a word that works for me. So when I was a kid uh, growing up in rural America, I knew that I was different. Um, I knew that I was more soft, uh, sort of effeminate. And I was taught that those things were wrong by the men in my faith community. My dad was very kind to me growing up. Um, but even he uh, felt pressure placed on him to be less compassionate and less sensitive and more manly, masculine and um, Sometimes I feel like he may have unintentionally projected this sense of insecurity onto me as well. But I knew I was attracted to boys from a young age. I knew that I liked dresses and fashion and color and theater and music and big feelings from a young age. I knew I wanted to play with dolls when I was a kid. So as I got older, I had to come to terms with this. I've had a really rocky journey, certainly. Um, it wasn't until I was in seminary that, and living in Philadelphia that I started openly dating um, men and had some lovely experiences and some really horrible experiences. Kind of like, you know, when you're a straight person dating somebody of the opposite gender. Uh, after coming out to my family as gay, uh, and then having an abusive relationship come to an end, I met a woman. And we fell in love. And we are now married. And we've been married for almost six years. This person is Carrie, my spouse, and I am grateful that we are married. Um, marrying her caused some controversy. Well, I thought you were gay, people said to me. Uh, people in the gay community were hurt and accusatory. People in the straight community believed that I had just gone through a phase. Both of those things were coming from the wrong place. So I'm here today to tell you that I am a queer man and I identify as a pansexual. A pansexual is somebody who has can experience romantic and sexual feelings toward another person irregardless or, well, regardless of, irregardless is not a word, <laughs> regardless of that person's um, sexual orientation, that person's gender identity or non-gender identity. Um, I've had significant others who are cisgender female, cisgender male. I've had uh, significant others who are transgender male, uh, transgender female. Um, 
I've had a whole mix of significant others. Um, and I find all of them lovely and attractive, and I don't regret any of them, even my most abusive relationships, the ones in which I was a victim or victimized. Um, so I want to offer an apology today and say that to those of you who are listening who may identify as LGBTQ+, I am aware that as a white cisgender man married to a woman, that I am, have an immense amount of privilege. But I want you to know, I am sorry for the times when I avoid or have avoided talking about my queerness. I am a queer man, and I am proud of that fact. Um, my spouse said to me herself that she feels that our relationship is a queer relationship. And it most certainly is. There is no question about it. People that know me well and have spent long, a long time with me can tell you that I am not... That I do not scream straight. <laughs> but I also believe that all this stuff, you know, queerness, sexuality, gender, orientation, all that stuff is just a construct that helps us make more sense of our, this idea of the self in relationship to other selves, right? It's really all an illusion. This is just, I believe that I am just sort of an extension of the divine uh, who's loving how I love best. And I think that's the same for all of you too. We're all in this together, all interconnected, no matter our orientations or identities, right? Gay pride exists because, and Pride Month exists because the LGBTQ plus community has been burdened by self-hatred, self-loathing, shame, and has been shamed and hated and violently attacked by homophobic, transphobic individuals uh, throughout our history. Um, and gay pride is our way of taking the power back, to quote the great Rage Against the Machine. I have a quote for you, an excerpt from an article by Peter Sweezy, which was written actually back in 1998 um, in Lion's Roar magazine. Lion's Roar Mag magazine is the pan-Buddhist publication. It's the preeminent Buddhist magazine in the world. Um, you know, there's... Lion's Roar, there's Buddha Dharma Magazine, there's Tricycle Magazine, there's Elephant's Journal. Um, but Lion's Roar uh, is probably the most well-known and widely read. It used to be called the Shambhala Sun. And Peter Sweezy writes this article, and it's called Queer Spirituality. And it is him discussing sexual identity as help and hindrance on the path towards spiritual discovery. 
So whoever you are, wherever you are in your journey, straight, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, questioning, intersex, asexual, allied, pansexual, demisexual, wherever you are, this space is for you. Thank you for showing up. Take some deep breaths with me. Soften your body. No matter what you've been through, you're safe in this space. I'm not going to hurt you. The voices of shame spinning around in your body and head are lying to you. Let's start there. You are enough, just as you are. Queerness may be a spiritual advantage, even if it is a religious handicap, even though some religious groups will close their doors to you. Queer people are very quick to make a distinction between spirituality and religion. Elizabeth Sarah, a lesbian rabbi, explains that when people think of religion, they think of institutions, hierarchies, things that are fixed and try to control them. The word spirituality seems more autonomous about where people are coming from in their own lives. It's about what it is to be human, what it is to be alive, what it is to be part of creation. Chris Ferguson, a gay man and a Buddhist, makes a similar distinction. Religion is trying to make you what you're not. Spirituality is trying to make you who you are. Chris, Elizabeth, and many other gay people emphasize the inner life over external dogma. This is partly a distinction that queers are forced to make because the public aspects of religion have so often been hostile to us. Turning inwards is more than a defensive response, however. It is an inevitable part of realizing you are lesbian, gay, or bisexual, or transgender. Spirituality arises from the ultimate questions. Why am I here? How do I live? To realize that you are other than heterosexual in this society is to initiate a process of self-analysis that it can include or eventually lead to those same big questions. To be queer is an existential condition. At least for that time when people are in the closet and thus locked inside themselves, they are forced to ask, if I am not like others that I see around me, what am I about? What do I want out of life? Who am I? Because we're told that we're not meant to be here, says Jason Oliver, a pagan, gay people go out of their way to find out what they are really here for. Once you've started asking those big questions, it's difficult to stop. As a result of this process, we fall out of innocence. Queers come across the big existential questions much sooner than many other people may have to. As Diana, a Christian priest, said to me, when you're confronting your own sexuality, you're confronting yourself at the very deepest level of your being. And it's in that deepest level of your being that your spirituality dwells as well. A lot of straight people think they are normal. They never actually look at who they are because they don't think they need to. They just get on with life. 
So because they don't go through that process of delving deep inside themselves, they may never get to that level of looking at their spirituality either, or even realize that they have a spirituality. We can take a note from the Queer Spiritual Playbook. If you are a straight, cisgender-identifying person, I invite you to consider this point made by Diana, the Christian priest that was interviewed by Peter Sweezy back in 1998. I'll read it again. When you're confronting your own sexuality, you're confronting yourself at the very deepest level of your being. And it's in that deepest level of your being that your spirituality dwells as well. Here at Earthmakers, we talk about spirituality being the connection that we feel to ourselves, others, and some kind of higher power. And it's also the quality of that connection. What is the quality of your connection to yourself? When was the last time you took a look inside? Are you proud of who that person is? If not, you may have some work to do. It may be hard work, but it is good, worthwhile work. And it may be the best work that you do in this lifetime. So from one weird queer chaplain guy to all of you, happy pride, wear some boas, watercolor some rainbows maybe, do some finger paints, go crazy. I know it's a weird hard time that we're living in, but it's still pride month and you still get to be you. And if there is a God, God loves exactly who that person is exactly as you were made. Thank you. I love you so much. Take good care of you today, and I'll see you tomorrow.